Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Wednesday, April 26th, 2022. 2023, listen to me, 2022. Where am I? I'm in the past, and I'm also Mike Chopoli. Boy, usually by the time we're almost in May, you don't start saying things like the year before, writing the year before down, but... Oh, so much on my mind. So much on my mind. Um, well, you know, it's almost like maybe I said, you know what? I think I said 2022 for a reason, because what we're seeing is this incredible gaslighting from people like Tony Fauci, Fauci and uh, Randy Weingarten when it comes to what they did to us and what they did to our children. Now that they know that those policies were so disastrous and everyone knows those policies were disastrous and the facts and the evidence have told us that those policies were disastrous. They're trying to gaslight and pretend as though they tried to open schools. They didn't want lockdowns. They're, they're saying the exact opposite of what the truth was. And they're doing it because they know their asses are on the line. They know what they did was disastrous, was deadly, caused deaths, caused people to die. And they know that the pitchforks are coming and they want to prevent the pitchforks from coming by saying, oh no, we were fighting to open things up all along. Well, you know what? Then why didn't you just open things up? If Randy Weingarten is saying, and Tony Fauci is saying, well, they wanted schools to open up, so why didn't they just open up the schools? Because these are the people who had the power to do that, and they were telling schools not to open. That's why schools didn't open. Because Randy Weingarten was, quote-unquote, protecting the teachers and did not want schools to open. Remember, though, once it's they pushed the teacher's vaccination schedule up so they can open the schools. And then the teachers got all of their bullshit, poisonous COVID shots, and they still didn't open the schools. So why didn't they just open the schools? Because they didn't want the schools to open. That's why. Who Whose fault is it then, Tony? Whose fault is it then, Randy? So is the burden on Trump again, or is it on Biden, or is it on Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo and Kathy Hochul? Who, who's responsible for the closures? If Randy Weingarten and Tony Fauci are not responsible for the closures, then who's responsible for the closures? Everyone who's responsible for the closures is saying, no, it's not our responsibility. It's the other person's responsibility. It's the other person, not us. It's not us. Newsom saying it's not me, it's Weingarten. Weingarten saying it's not me, it's Fauci. Fauci saying it's not me, it's Biden. Everyone's blaming everyone else when the fact of the matter is they're all responsible. They're all responsible for the closures. They all are. But now they're incredibly desperate to distance themselves from these things because they know how disastrous these policies were. That's why they're trying to distance themselves and say, oh, not me, not me. If the policies weren't totally disastrous, what would they be saying? Me, I did it, I did it. That's what these charlatans are. This is why they need to be punished. I have to disagree 
with a statement that Robert F. Kennedy put out today on Twitter. And if I can pull it up, I will. I have to disagree. Yes, here it is. Here it is. This is the statement today from Robert F. Kennedy on Twitter. It's dawning on mainstream figures like Tony Fauci that their COVID policies were a public health disaster. Lots of us are angry about the mandates, the lockdowns, the censorship, the insanity, but we need to avoid the toxic quagmire of retribution and blame and focus on ensuring this never happens again. Clean up the regulatory agencies, get corporate money out of public health and guarantee free, open, uncensored public and scientific discourse. I don't agree with the middle part of that where he says we need to avoid the toxic quagmire of retribution and blame. That is absolutely wrong. It's wrong. And as I wrote to him, no. They must be held accountable for their crimes. People died. They willingly lied for personal gain and profit. Now, did we look the other way with Nazi prison guards even decades later? No. There must be punishment. That is how we make sure future Fauci's and Weingarten's don't do this again. Okay? There has to be punishment. I totally disagree with Bobby Kennedy Jr. saying there should not be retribution and punishment. That's what you do to criminals. When people cause death and misery, you punish them. That's what we do in this country. And so is Robert Kennedy saying we should do that to the low-level criminal, but not to people in high positions like Fauci and Weingarten and Newsom et al.? I totally disagree. I 100% disagree. This is like when someone, when you believe someone is a war criminal or a president or someone in high office does things that are illegal, the next president who comes in says, well, let's look to the future. Let's not look back. We don't want to look back. No, it's total bullshit. That new president doesn't want to look back because they want to be able to do the same things and not be punished. So the point is that the Fauci's and the Weingartens and the Newsoms and the Bidens and, and the Cuomos and so on and so forth of the future need to look back and say, oh, let's see what happened to the people who did these horrible things. Let's see what happened to them. Oh, they were punished. They went to jail. Ah, oh, we shouldn't do that again because we don't want to go to jail. We don't want to be punished. Yeah, right, Andrew, you're right. Obama said we tortured some folks, right? And it's constant. We're seeing it all the time. So this is, Bobby Kennedy is, is 100% wrong, 100% wrong. And if he is not going to concentrate on punishing these people and getting the retribution we deserve, then maybe a certain governor from Florida will. Maybe a certain governor from Florida will. So Bobby Kennedy needs to rethink that stance. He needs to rethink that. That might be a very Kennedy-esque thing to do, a statesman-like thing to do, but it's not the right thing to do. So there absolutely has to be retribution and punishment here, 100%. 100%. And, not, and I'm not saying that needs to be in the hands of the president of the United States, that the next president of the United States need to focus on retribution. There are other agencies that can focus on such things, such as Congress, because that's their job. But the 
person running for president or the president needs to take a stance saying there needs to be there needs to be persecution. Just like we persecuted the prison guards. We didn't allow anyone to say we were just following orders. But the crazy thing about this is, is the people who were like saying we just following orders are are the Hitlers. They're the ones that were giving the orders. They weren't taking the orders. It's even worse than people who were taking the orders. These are people who were giving the orders now saying they were never giving the orders. Once again, this is why there has to be punishment. And this is what I would tell to Bobby Kennedy or anyone else who thinks this way is that they're not even admitting they did anything wrong. They're trying to totally gaslight us. That deserves punishment. They're not even saying we did the wrong things. It's our responsibility. We take the blame. They're not saying that. They're not even doing that much. They're trying to spit in our faces and say, you know what? What you saw us do for the past three years, we didn't do that. It's the opposite of what you saw us do over the last 36 fucking months. They're calling us morons. They're saying, you morons, you know what we did, but we're going to tell you we didn't do that, and you're going to believe it because you're fucking morons, and we can fool you anytime we want to fool you. That should not be forgiven. That needs to be punished. These people need to be punished to the fullest extent of the law. The fullest extent of the law. No forgiveness. No forgiveness when they continue to spit in our faces and says, don't believe your lying brain. Don't believe your lying eyes. Don't believe what we just did to you. This wasn't 300 fucking years ago. This wasn't 30 years ago. This is over the last 36 fucking months. These people have some fucking balls to try to say, we didn't do it. We didn't do it. We tried to open things. What's next? They weren't for masking? They weren't for vaccines? Well, that's what that Hitler in blackface in Canada, that wannabe Hitler in blackface in Canada is doing. He's saying, oh, I didn't force the vaccines on anyone. No, I just said, if you don't get them, you can't make a living. But that's not forcing vaccines on people. People had the choice. They could not take the vaccine and fucking die, not be able to feed their families. But I didn't force them to get the vaccine. This needs to be punished. The scumbag needs to go to the fucking gulag. The gulag. So I don't want to hear any bullshit about how we have to just look forward. Look forward. Don't look back. No, that's pussy shit. And I'm not backing anyone for president in 2024 who's a fucking pussy. <clears throat> Luckily, I'm only spitting on my own phone. I'm not spitting on you so you can't get COVID. But literally, they're spitting in our faces. Literally, they're spitting in our faces. And we need to hit back. We need to hit back with full force. Full force. All out. Put them on public display. So people in the future, future generations, see how we punish them. And they'll say, oh, fuck. We don't want to be punished like that. We don't want to be punished like that. That's why. We put Nazi prison guards in jail when they're 97 fucking years old if we find them. How many times have you heard that excuse? Well, don't put, you know, someone's 90. With the, no, we did it anyway, didn't we? Right? 
so future generations can see we showed no mercy. And the next Holocaust doesn't happen. We, might, we should not show any mercy, period, period. And you can chew and walk, chew gum and walk at the same time, okay? You can look forward, all right, and make all these corrections that Kennedy's right, that we need to make, and also punish people, period. That's what we need to do. So I will not take any less from a presidential candidate. I won't take any less, and I will vote on this one issue, on this stuff, you know, I've made it clear, I'm a one-issue guy. I'm a one-issue guy on this stuff. So corrections need to be made in the way people are thinking if they want my support. If they want my support. I want to hear talk like Ron DeSantis, right? about putting people in jail, about holding me accountable, about chucking people across the Potomac. That's what I want to hear. That's exactly what I want to hear. Yes, I want that. I want that emotional release. And I want the person running for president to give me that emotional release. And if they're not, I'm not going to vote for them. It's really, it's really that simple. It's that simple. <clears throat> so I think, yeah, I think, you know, I think he might change his views on that. I'm imploring Bobby to to uh, to change his his views on that. Okay, maybe you can get the word to Bobby to change his views on this and uh, adjust what he thinks, because there must be punishment. There must be a punishment element to this. It can't just be making these changes and moving forward. It can't be that. It has there has to be a record, a history in the history books of punishment. Just like there's a record, there's a history in the history books of the punishment of of war crimes in the past or of the Nazis. There has to be that record. That will prevent this from happening again. That will prevent this from happening again. We made a lot of changes when it came to what the Holocaust, right? With our war crimes, and we we made a lot of changes in the books, if you will, that would make that kind of a thing a lot less likely to happen. But we also punished, so we look forward, we change things, right? But we also we also punished the people who were responsible. Like I said, you can chew gum and walk at the same time. Make all the changes that need to be made, and he's right. A lot of changes need to be made. That he makes a lot of good points. But you also have to punish the people who did this to us and continue to spit in our faces about it. Continue to spit in our faces about it. This thing where Kennedy says, oh, these people are realizing these things didn't work, but they're not admitting they did it. So what if they, these things that didn't work, how, how did they happen? How did they occur if a Weingarten didn't want them to happen and Fauci didn't want them to happen and Trudeau didn't want them to happen? How did they happen? Then who wanted it to happen? These were the people who were making policy. Who the fuck is Tony Fauci kidding? He was standing next to the president for the last three fucking years, be it Trump or Biden. Who was making the decisions? Who was influencing the policy? Randy Weingarten is the head of the fucking second largest teachers union. Who is influencing the policy? 
She was. This makes me more angry than if they were admitting they did something wrong. This makes me more angry, and it should make Bobby Kennedy more angry if he's serious about this issue. It should make him more angry that they're spitting in our face and they're saying what we did. No, you didn't see it right. We're telling you we didn't do it and you'll believe it like a good, ignorant fool. This makes me want to punish him even more. I want more punishment now, not less. This makes me more angry, not less. And it should make Bobby Kennedy and others more angry, not less. Want more retribution, not less. They have to be tried. These people have to be tried. Elon Musk has said it. They need, need to be put on trial. They need to be put on trial. I, look, I believe in our system of justice. It doesn't work all the time, but I believe it's one of the better systems out there. Other than Mike Cachopoli gets to decide who's who's guilty or not. That's the best system. But I know we're not going to have that system. So this system is the second best next to Mike Cachopoli decides is we have a jury system and that jury system needs to be used. Let the jurors decide what the fate of Fauci and Weingarten and Newsom are. But they need to be put on trial. OK, OK, if they're going to indict Donald Trump, they need to indict Fauci, Newsom and Weingarten et al. Okay, they just, they simply have to. They have to. The decider, yeah, Daniel. Hey, Daniel's around, hey. Uh, the decider, yeah, I'm the decider. I make my decisions. Didn't Bush say that? I make decisions, I make crispy decisions, crispy decisions. Yeah, so look, it's just a matter of doing the right thing and having a historical record showing that we did the right, as a society, we did what we need to be done to make sure it doesn't happen again, okay? Yes, and all those changes Kennedy talks about will help, but we also need punishment. We need punishment, especially with them coming out today and spitting in our faces and saying, yeah, all these things were terrible, hurtful, didn't work, but hey, we didn't do it. What happened? What happened? You're telling me I'm dumb. You're telling me I'm dumb. It's like a it's like a figurative way of spitting in my face and saying you're a dumb fuck, Mike. You don't know what you're talking about. You know what you saw over the last three years. You have no idea what you saw over the last three years. And that makes me so fucking angry. That I want them punished to the max, punished to the max. Unfortunately, I'll never get on a jury with any of these people, obviously, but it's, it, it, I, I'm, I was my, I was, it was, it bothered me that Kennedy came out with the statement today saying no, no retribution. Let's look forward. Calling that toxic. That's not toxic. What's toxic is letting these people get away with bloody murder. That is toxic. And he's, but he has to, look, he has to adjust that or I'm not going to support him. I'm not going to support him. I'll put all of my marbles in uh, DeSantis on the right, on, on, the, on the Republican side. Because I know where he stands on this. And DeSantis has never and would never put out a statement that said there should be no punishment. Just look forward. Let them, let them get away with it. Let them retire and have happy lives while they killed millions of people. And Fauci didn't only kill millions of people with, I, I've, I've gone through this a million times and Bobby Kennedy should know this. He didn't just kill millions of people. Okay. 
for personal gain and his buddies, his friends in, in Big Pharma's personal game and his political gain. He did it in the 80s with AZ2 and gay men also. OK. It's not it's not his first time around. All right. We've seen this movie before with Fauci and he wasn't punished last time. He needs to be punished this time. Daniel, what's up? Long time no speak. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I've been I've been ill. Um, oh, my God. I'm, I'm, on, I'm it... on the mend now. Um, I, I can stay awake till 11 now. Is it is it the natural occurring virus known as COVID-19? Um, who knows? Who cares? I've never taken the test. Thank God. I, didn't want, I knew you wouldn't. I knew you wouldn't. Oh, I'm gee. happy about that. I'm, 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 I'm sure I've been exposed a dozen times now. In <laughs> I know. Exactly. A dozen times positive. Um, yeah. Um, I, I really lost seeing that um, pronouncement from Kennedy today. Kennedy today changed my views on him so dramatically and so quickly. Um, without justice, we have nothing, and justice must be served. Well, I was I was disappointed too, but I am optimistic that if you did you look at the responses, the ratio he was getting from people. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, I certainly did. And, All right. So and, and hopefully, time. yeah, and hopefully he responds. But for him to even come out and suggest saying that, knowing that his whole candidacy would be fueled by this one topic, by this one issue alone, this huge issue, and for him to come out and say that, screw justice, we we need to move on. It's time to heal. No, there is no healing without justice. Anybody knows that that knows anything about how societies function or how individuals function. That simply, that simply can't be. The next, next thing I wanted to, to, to mention is that when, whenever you hear somebody like Fauci or Weingarten yeah. come out and say, oh, we didn't order lockdowns. Oh, we didn't want lockdowns. Oh, we wanted the kids in school. Then the next question, any journalist, any real journalist, not the mercenary journalist working for Big Pharma that we have on the mainstream media, but any real journalist should be saying, oh, well, you guys are in charge of this sort of thing. If not you, who did order these things? Right. Yeah. That should be their very next question. Exactly. That's great. But you know what? There are no real journalists, so forget it. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Or, or, or the simple question is, okay. You want the schools to be open? Why weren't schools open? Exactly. Why weren't they open? Who closed? Who locked them? Who who had the key, baby? Who had the key? Who defied the great Fauci and Weingarten? Who defied the guy who was the chief advisor to the president of the United States and the and the leader of the second largest teacher? Who defied? Who dare defy them? Show me that person. Put that person on trial. Who is it? Right. You're right. It's an easy question to ask. It really is. And one by one by one, they are going to be cut off from their path to uh, what's, it, what's, what's the word for them? Um, the plausible deniability. Because mm-hmm. now Newsom, our governor, can't turn around and say, oh, well, I'm just I was just taking uh, my, my cues from from Fauci. Um, and, 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 and NIH and the NIAID, NIAID, whatever. I can never get the yeah. acronym right. NIAID, NAID, NAID, NAID. I was just, you know, I was just trusting them. 
No. No, no, that's not what you're doing, Newsom, because Fauci says he never said to lock down. So this was you, buddy. You did yes, this. This, was all, this has all been dumped in Newsom's lab, hasn't yeah. it? And, and this is what is going to happen. So now Newsom is going to start saying, well, well, I never said lockdown. So all the public health people are going in, 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 by county are going to be saying, well, we were just taking our cues from the people publicly. And then we'll be saying to them, hey, well, he just told us that he wasn't telling you to, to, to make these changes, make these mandates. Right. And, and so this is going to be this chain of plausible deniability that's going to break down until till everyone ask everyone along every step in this chain is going to be saying, oh, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. And then people are going to be screaming for heads to roll. Well, and the uh, you know, what they're, but you know what they're doing. This is this is the absurd upside down clown call world we live in. You know what their gaslighting is. Their gaslighting is now that, oh, it, it was uh, it was DeSantis that wanted <laughs> who wanted lockdowns, uh, even though they were screaming that he killed everyone in Florida because he didn't have lockdowns. So he killed everyone in Florida because he didn't have want lockdowns. But simultaneously, he's the one that wanted the lockdowns. But you see, Daniel, as I've said a million fucking times on this show, there was a time not too long ago when you couldn't gaslight like this because the media would do their job. And the citizenry wasn't so fucking dumb. We should be actually technically, Daniel, we should be living in a society in a time now where it's much more difficult to gaslight because we have such amazing receipts like videos, tweets, interviews, all this stuff at our fingertips. Any of us can Google this stuff and in two seconds find everything these people have said and done over the last 36 months. So it should be much tougher. It, it was easy to gaslight, let's say, in 1930, when it was very, what do you have to do? Go to the library with microfiche to look for the. Now it's so easy to find this stuff. Yet gaslighting is a much bigger thing now, which proves that journalists are fucking morons who don't do their job, who are just political activists. And the citizens have gotten so dumb. They just take people's word for everything. And this is a very sick and sad society to live in it yeah, really is well i think it's um you're absolutely correct it should be much easier i mean the, the fifth estate is now a fact checker for the fourth estate and you would think you would one would hope that that would cause the fourth estate to step up and actually behave like real journalists but instead what they're doing is finding that their role as mercenary journalists becomes all that more lucrative because then they become a counterweight to the truth. And they can be employed as a counterweight to truth. Big Pharma, who, who are they going who, who to rely on to, to, spread their, to spread their narrative? They're going to go to <laughs> but, these mercenary journalists because they will do the job and they don't care what the fifth estate is up to in exposing them. It, it's, just, it's maddening because it's so simple when someone like Randy Weingarten is sitting there and she's lying and it's so easy to pull up 35 tweets that she sent out in 2020 or 2021 there are millions of articles written about her policies and what she believed and what she wanted that's so easy to pull things up right away that that's what amazes me is that the incredible balls these people have where they can sit there and think they can lie 
and gaslight now when when they have this entire record it's not like these people were like um what do you call it they were uh, ashamed of the way they felt or what they were doing where they were hiding it or they were doing it discreetly on the dl it was all out there it was all out there for everyone to see there were there were speeches they were giving there were policies they were enacting there were tweets after tweets about how dangerous it was to open the schools and yet they can still sit there and, and lie when we have so many receipts it's mind-boggling to me but it, it but once again i'm trying to get in the mind of the people who would try to gaslight like that instead of just saying you know what there's so much evidence i've been caught we were wrong sorry uh won't do it again something like that but just to say nah what are you talking about i didn't want any of this what do you when there's so much so many receipts and records and evidence and proof of what they did that they can sit there and do that it just it's like like i say it's like they it's like they're going right in our faces and we need to punish them man we need to punish them severely for this absolutely 100% i mean it is it is maddening as you say um it is it is beyond maddening this from the very beginning we've known that every single policy that they implemented with respect to covid could only do harm every single one of them masking lockdowns forced coerced max- vaccinations with the shittiest vaccine ever we knew that every one of these policies was wrong. They had to have known it too. There is no plausible, you, there is no way, no way to convince me that they didn't know exactly what we knew. No way. It's simply not possible to believe otherwise. And here we are, three years later, and these people think that they can gaslight like this you're absolutely correct. The only way that they think they can gaslight this is because they know who and what the media is. And the media that we have in the fourth estate right now is nothing more, nothing less than mercenary journalism. They will they will write and support who is ever writing the checks for them and who is running the checks for them. Look at every advertisement. I don't watch television, but from what I hear, there, a large percent of television advertisements are drug manufacturers. Right. Um, I've heard yeah, as, you, as many, you don't have TV, but it is true. Yes. I've heard as many as one quarter of advertisements are, uh, sure. are on television now. Are drug mm-hmm. are drug advertisement. That mm-hmm. is a huge, huge, huge chunk of their paycheck, all coming from one specific industry that can tell them what to say, what to report at any given time. And they have opened themselves up to that market. They're saying, we are mercenary journalists, you're right, and we're open for business. That has to be put, we have to put an end to that. We can put an end to that specific, that specific um, advertiser, its influence on, on our journalism by, by reenacting laws that we had back in the 80s and put prior to that. No drug advertisements on TV. And everyone should, everyone at this point should know why that simply should never have been repealed. <clears throat> we can we can also do the same for every other big big advertiser on there, especially those 
that come on and, and advertise no particular product. And they're coming on there and they're advertising just their existence so that they can turn around and say to those, those production companies, those television companies, those news media companies that, hey, um, we're a little concerned about what you said on uh, Sunday morning shows last week. Um, and they will listen to them and they will modify their behavior. This is the, we. This is something that we we saw for it seemed for a long time, saw for a long time. Sorry, I'm still a little fever fever delirium. My it's voice okay. is cracking a lot from my illness. <clears throat> but um, I, I'm not sure what Sunday shows are like in the, anymore in the morning. But back in back in the day when I still had a television, uh, every every morning I would wonder why is Archer Archer Daniel Midland Company advertising <laughs> all the time. On all of these Sunday shows, the reason is, is because, and they would never advertise what what product, what was their product. They would never say. And the reason that they were just buying advertising space and lots of it, so they can turn around and tell the news media what they are happy with and what they are unhappy with in their reporting. And it bought them a lot of power in the media. This has been happening for too long. We have to make laws that that stop that sort of behavior. Well, if we can do that, maybe then, maybe then we can have real journalism in this country, but it's certainly not going to come from the fourth estate. No. The, the fourth estate is dead. We have to rebuild it. The fifth estate is our best, best, best possible um, uh, solution at this point, best possible candidate for rebuilding. Um, and, and I'll just leave it at there. <clears throat> My voice is kind of wearing out. Yeah, but feel better. Yeah, feel better. Thank you. Okay, and don't take any drugs. You know that, right? <laughs> don't don't take don't take don't take any uh, yeah, drugs you advertise on, on TV. To... See if it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have a good one. All right. So, James, it's telling that pandemic era leaders like Randy Weingarten and Tony Fauci disclaim responsibility for shuttered schools. Everyone agrees now that decision was a disaster, but apparently no one's responsible. A policy conceived and implemented without an author, Jennifer Say, responds, it was obvious what a disaster this would be. Those that insisted on closures are responsible no matter what their lies tell us now. Fauci, Weingarten, Newsom, Walensky. I took notes while it was happening because I knew we'd be gaslit after the fact. Well, we didn't even need to take notes, Jennifer, because we have all the receipts uh, on our on our computer screens, on our laptops. We have all the receipts there. We have all the tweets. We have all the articles that were written. We have all the videos. We have all the speeches. We have everything. So no one really needed to take notes because the notes are there for us. They were taken. We have the notes. We have all the receipts. We have all the proof. We have all the evidence. So... It's once again, Daniel Kotzen, Jennifer Say's husband, said gaslighting is an insufficient term for what's happening. Those of us who spoke out against America's school closures were called racists. We were called science deniers. We were called murderers. And everybody agrees it was a terrible idea. So why were people like Weingarten and Fauci et al. and their followers calling us these names? calling us conspiracy theorists, child murderers. Why were they calling us these names if their policy was not to close the schools? 
Why were they calling us names saying we wanted the schools open and kids to go to schools without masks? Why were they calling us these names if there was no such policy that closed the schools? I don't understand. Why? Why were they so angry if they supposedly agreed with us on all this? Hey, don't don't believe that they disagreed with us and called us all these names. They agreed with us all along. But they were calling us these names. What? Just just because they, they could. You know, <laughs> once again, this is crazy. This is like the more I think about this, the more angry I get. The more I think about this incredible gaslighting, the more I want these people punished but not even, I have to admit it, not even punished in the, in the standard traditional way that we punish people in this country. I, I want a punishment that's not even civilized. Do you understand what I'm getting at? I'm being very honest here. I want these people punished, excruciatingly punished, excruciatingly punished. I'll be, I'll be honest. I know that's not going to happen. In this, in this country that we call civilization, although go out into our streets in a Democrat-run city, and you'll see it's not actually civilization, but they pretend it is. They pretend it is. So when they pretend civilization, they're not going to punish these people the way I want them punished. But I'm being honest. They are lucky I'm not dictator Kachapoli because they'd be in oh, a whole world of pain, a whole world of shit which is what they deserve to be in. That's what they deserve to be in. I mean, I think about those Roman, you know, you watch uh, the Roman dictators in the movies and it's the forum, right? And you get the thumb down, thumbs down. I love that. I love the thumbs down with the evil smile. That's me. Thumbs down, thumbs down. You know what happens after that happens, right? After that scene, that's what these people deserve. That's what they deserve. To gaslight us like this, to gaslight. It was someone else's fault. It was me. Well, I, I, that's what I did. All these shows I've done for the past year and a half, these nearly 400 podcasts, I was talking all the time about closing the schools, right? Mike, it's Mike Chopoli's fault. I was actually saying the schools should be closed. All the businesses should be closed. People should wear masks. We should forex vast. Yes, that's exactly what happened. You're right. Exactly. Exactly what happened. All of us, Gator, Daniel, we were all talking about how we need more closures. Kids should never go back to schools. Business should never open. We should wear masks forever. And there needs to be a booster every two and a half weeks. We, that's exactly what we were saying, right? According to Randy Weingarten and Tony Fauci, it's our responsibility. That was what we were saying. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, my Lord. So speaking of liars, liars. Uh, we have uh, Sharpie Sharpton, Sharpie Sharpton. Everyone knows Sharpie Sharpton, Al Sharpton? So he's demanding, he's demanding that CNN uh, explain their firing of, of Don Lemon. He wants it because we can't afford to lose such a, such a strong voice. So Sharpie, of course, the race huckster, shuckster and huckster he is, of course, makes it about race, that Don Lemon was fired. Now, if, if Al Sharpton really cared about justice, which he doesn't, never has, always just cared about his own personal advancement, using black people to get wealthy in life. But if he really cared, of the two people that were fired this past Monday, Don Lemon and uh, Tucker Carlson, you would want 
an explanation from Fox, right? Because Tucker Carlson had the highest ratings in the world and Don Lemon sucked at the lowest ratings, right? So you had the guy with the highest ratings fired, the guy with some of the lowest ratings fired. You would think if you were a normal thinking, sane, just person, if you wanted an explanation, you would expect it from Fox, not from CNN. But in this upside down clown call world, no, 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 no. Al Sharpton demands that CNN explain why they fired Don Lemon. First of all, on both fronts, both CNN and Fox don't owe us any explanation. It's called a private fucking business. And they don't have to give out the reverend, the fake reverend. I'm going to call myself a reverend. Can I call myself a reverend? Hey, I'm going to be Reverend Mike Nichopoli from now on. But they don't owe Reverend Al Sharpton an explanation. They are a private company that he has nothing to do with. A private company doesn't have to give Al Sharpton a fucking explanation on why they fired someone under their employ. Okay? Sorry, Sharpie. They don't owe you an explanation. You might want one. Hey, I'd love to get an explanation from Fox on why they fired the highest rated cable news show in the fucking world over the last five years. I'd like to know, but they don't owe me an explanation. They don't owe Reverend Mike an explanation on that. It's a private company. They can do what they want. You know what this comes down to? Who I, The guy I mentioned on this show and who this show is named after, really, and let's be hurt because he started all of his shows with and let's be heard. That's why I call this and let's be heard. I've mentioned this a couple of times. But what my friend... Bob Grant used to tell me was, Mike, it doesn't matter in life what kind of job you do. You could do a good job or bad job. doesn't matter. The, the question is, you need to ask yourself is, does your boss like you? If your boss likes you, they will give you chance after chance after chance. If your boss doesn't like you, they will look for the first thing they can use to can your ass. And that's exactly what's happened here, okay? CNN, obviously, the, the, the bosses, remember, when you're talking about CNN and Fox, you're talking about several bosses, not about one boss. But the bosses, the people who ran CNN, didn't like Don Lemon, not anymore. And the people who ran Fox, the Murdochs and such, they didn't like Tucker Carlson anymore. They didn't like him for whatever reasons. He rubbed them the wrong way. He got them in trouble. He said things they didn't like, whatever it may be, whatever, whatever it may be. And there are stories out there now that he may have not been the, the easiest person, right? That he may have gotten a little big in the head and the bosses didn't like that, right? He may have said things that turned them off. It looks more and more now like Tucker Carlson was like, if they fire me, they fire me. I could do my own thing. And he might have been kind of at least half hoping he was fired. And that's what happens. If your boss doesn't like you as a person anymore, you're gone. It doesn't matter if you have the highest rated show in the world or the lowest rated show in the world. Okay. If the boss likes you, they will pick you up a million times and try to help you. If they don't like you, the first little thing you do that gives them the excuse, you're out. And so that, I think, is the best explanation for all of these firings, is that the bosses didn't like these people anymore. They didn't want them there anymore. They didn't want to deal with them anymore. They didn't want to have them in their lives anymore. Okay? So they canceled them out of their lives. That's what they did.
And we might want excuses and explanations and why didn't you like this person anymore? I mean, I'm reading stories that said that the, the Murdochs invited Tucker Carlson to their house a month ago for dinner, to have a nice dinner. And that he was friendly with Murdoch's son, which is named Lachlan, Lachlan. That, but something happened that turned the relationship sour. It turned the relationship sour. And it seemed to have happened pretty fast. It seemed to have happened pretty fast. But that's the case. Trust me, if they, if the people who ran Fox loved Tucker Carlson, they would never have fired him. And if the people of CNN loved Don Lemon as a person, they wouldn't have fired him. It's just that when something happens and it turns and your relationship with your boss for whatever it may be goes sour and it doesn't have to, it, it doesn't have to be relationships with your audience. It doesn't have to be relationships with your coworkers. If your relationship with your boss goes south, you are gone. Period. But no one, these are private companies. These aren't public. They don't owe ex explanations. They don't owe any explanations when they want to fire somebody. You don't, Al Sharpton didn't pay Don Lemon's salary. Who the fuck is Al Sharpton to say CNN demands an ex they need an explanation because the guy who was fired was black? Or was it because he checked off the other check mark of gay also? He was black and he was gay. So it's two check marks. Two two virtue signal check marks. Woke check mark today. And so that that means they can never fire him? Just like you can never criticize George Soros because he's of Jewish heritage, even though the guy I'm sure doesn't believe in God at all. It's like he's a godly man, that he practices Judaism. So what's the point? He's only a Jew in name. Who cares? But you can't criticize him because he comes Jewish. He, he, in other words, he was born into that, into that heritage, into that religion, even though he never doesn't practice it. Probably doesn't even believe in God. Is an atheist. But this nonsense that you can't fire someone if they're black. You can't criticize them if they're a woman. You can't criticize them if they're Jewish. So basically, we live in a world. Where you can only criticize someone if they're a white Christian man. Is, is that where we are? You can only criticize someone or fire someone if they're a white Christian man. That's it. That's it. So if I'm black or if I'm gay or if I'm this or if I'm that, I can get any job I want and keep it forever no matter how much I suck at it. Is that the, is that the world we live in? I want to ask Al Sharpton, is that the world you want? Be honest. Just say yes. Just say yes. Don Lemon was awful at what he did. His show he had at night was terrible. His ratings were not even a tenth of what Tucker Carlson had, okay? And on that morning show, he was a prick. No one liked him. He was always insulting people. It doesn't even seem like his coworkers particularly liked him, okay? But they say Tucker Carlson was getting big in the head and thought he was bigger than Fox and could do what he wanted because his ratings were high and they couldn't do anything to him. Or even if they did, like like now, he'd do whatever he wants. He'd land on his feet and he will. Well, uh, you can say the same thing about Don Lemon. I mean, I've, I've, I, I, look, people in this business, radio, TV, communications, are very insecure people. 
I'll tell you this. I know this because I work in the business for over a decade. They're very insecure. And sometimes the most successful people are the most insecure people. The most successful people are the ones who think someone is going to take their job. Okay. So you'll get a lot of this where you'll find people who are very successful yet very insecure. So it was not last New Year's. It was the New Year's before. And Don Lemon was doing his, you know, New Orleans thing uh, on CNN. And he was drunk. And he was just, he, was, he wouldn't stop talking about what a strong black man he is. And I knew right then that he was an insecure little prick. He was insecure. And you're thinking, why? He's one of the biggest personalities on CNN. He had his own show. Why be insecure? But when you're constantly talking, and they say when you're drunk, your true self comes out, right? You let down your guard and your true self comes out. And here he is talking about how, well, I'm a, I'm a successful black man. Who I don't care what people think about me. Well, you do because you, you're constantly saying, <laughs> you're constantly having to tell yourself how successful you are and how strong you are and that you're black. That's what people can't tell. And I knew right then something was wrong. I knew right then he wasn't long for the business because these insecure people are not long for the business. I'm not saying Tucker Carlson was insecure. I, I, don't, I don't know that situation. I never saw him rant like Don Lemon did about how great he was. But there are some rumblings, and they, they could be fake. Once again, there's a lot of fake news out there. They, but there are rumblings that there was this kind of idea that he had gotten too big for his britches and that you can't do that with the Murdochs, that once they see you doing that, you're gone. And so that could have been the case. It could have been the case. Who knows? Who knows? But if we're looking at it basically the way we should from a standpoint of who did their job the best, Tucker Carlson did his job well. He had the highest ratings, okay? He did his job well. Don Lemon didn't do his job as well because it is about ratings. And Al Sharpton should know that since he's in the business. It's about ratings. Ratings matter. So there should be no asking, demanding CNN to tell you why Don Lemon was let go. But if you care about ratings, if you're in the business and you agree that ratings are why you get raises, why you keep your job, so on and so forth, then Fox should be the one who's telling us why they did what they did. Not, not, not CNN. Not CNN. But once again, I really think it comes down to behind the scenes and the bosses and who they didn't like and who they liked. And both people, Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson, seem to have been rubbing their bosses the wrong way. And you can't do that. Because people say, put yourself in that position as a boss. Wait a minute. I'm writing the check. My name is on the check. And this guy is giving me agita. He's giving me heartburn. Okay? I don't like this guy. Why am I writing this check to this person? Why am I putting money in this person's bank account? I don't need it. I don't want to do that. I want to give money to people I like and I get along with and who have respect for me. That's what the bosses think, and they have every right to believe that. They have every right to believe that. Look, I, 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 I'm one, look, I can tell you from personal experience that there are bosses I've liked in radio who I work for and bosses I didn't like. And the people 
who I liked. The bosses that I liked knew that I liked them. And the bosses who I didn't like knew I did not like or respect them. So the bosses who I liked and respected, I got along well. They never fired me. But the bosses who I didn't like and didn't respect, I got fired. They knew it. Once your boss knows that you don't like them or don't respect them as a boss, you're gone. If not that minute, eventually, they're going to find a, they're going to put it in the back of their head to fire you whenever they can. That's the way it goes. But I'm not. There are a lot of people in the world, and especially in the communications business in radio and television, who are so good at kissing ass that whether they respect the boss or they don't, they're able to make it seem like they respect the boss. They're very good at kissing ass. Those people do get very far in this business, whether they're good or not, because they're really good at like kissing, buttering the boss up and kissing their ass, whether they to a man like the person and respect the person or not. I can't do that. Maybe Tucker couldn't do that. Maybe Don Lemon couldn't do that. I can't do it. I can't. If I think someone is an asshole, they're going to know I think they're an asshole and they're my boss. So it's usually not going to end well for me. But that's just the way I am. I'm very honest that way. And I can't kiss ass. I can kiss ass if the boss is a person who I respect. Yes, I'll compliment them because I do respect them. It's real. And they'll know that. But if I don't like them and don't respect them, no, they're going to know. I think they're a shitheel. And then I'm not going to be at that place much longer. So that's basically personal experience. I can tell you that. I can tell you that. And it if your boss likes you and it's mutual, you're going to last a long time. And you're probably going to move up the ladder, whether you deserve to or not. But if it's the opposite, you're out. doesn't matter how good you are. And those of us who watch Tucker will say, what the fuck, man? This guy was great. We loved him. He was getting 3 million viewers every night. What's going on? doesn't matter. The boss didn't care about that anymore. The boss didn't care about it anymore. And at CNN, I, I'm shocked they fired Don Lemon because I thought as a black gay man, they would have trouble because of assholes like Sharpton who would make it about race. And, they, and that's exactly what's happened. But it got to a point where they said, you know what? We don't care anymore. We want this guy out of here. So that's personal relationship stuff that we are not privy to is a huge part of this. And none of these geniuses who write these articles, what happened to CNN? What happened to Fox? Not one of them make the point that I'm making. They kind of beat around the bush a little bit with it. But that if your boss doesn't like you, you're gone, period. That's it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So the moral of the story is if you can kiss ass well, do it. <laughs> you're good at that. If you're good at kissing ass, even if you don't respect the person or think the person's doing a good job as the boss, do it anyway if you want to keep your job. And if you're really good at it, you'll get promotions. You know, I've, I've always seen people who are good at it, and it makes me sick to my stomach. It does. But there's a real art to that. <laughs> there's a real art to making someone think you think they're great when you really don't. <laughs> Right. There's a certain art to be able to do that on a consistent basis, day in, day out in a corporate environment. Because I, I so I respect the people who can do it and I despise them for doing it. But 
I can't do it. I've ne never have been able to do it. I never have, you know? So that's me. And that may have been Don Lemon and it may have been Tucker Carlson. I don't know. And there could be people at CNN who we wa who people watch all the time or people at Fox who we watch all the time who are much better at buttering up the boss's ass. Yes, Rupert. Yes, Rupert. Yes, Rupert. You're great, Rupert. Wonderful. Oh, yes. Perfect. You know, and they, and they keep their jobs because they're really good at that. You know, they're really good at not getting under the boss's skin and to staying on their good side. And like I said, as much as I despise people who do that, I also respect them for actually being able, being able to do that on a, on a, on a consistent basis, day in, day out. I don't know if anyone out there has any experiences with this, with bosses who, you know, you just either really get along with well or really don't uh, get along with. And you'll see this, like there'll be a company where things are going well, right? But a boss changes. That's what happened to me at WABC. Things were going really well. But my boss decided to, to retire. And people, you'll see it all the time. People will be like, uh-oh, who's coming in? This was so good. We got along so well with this person. We liked working for this person. What's going to happen now? And unfortunately for me, the worst happened. Things went downhill very quickly. But you see this a lot in companies, right? When a nice boss, someone people like leaves and they bring someone else in and they're like, oh, shit. Odds are, <laughs> odds are it's not going to be as good. And it usually isn't. Very rare where it's as good, right? Usually it's always worse. So that's, you know, that's kind of why I hate corporate America, you know, because you have to deal with that stuff all the time. You really do. It's, it's so much nicer to do your own thing. It's so much nicer to do your own thing. So people say, Mike, do you want to be on the radio again? And I say, well, yeah, it'd be nice to have 100,000 listeners or 200,000 listeners. But, but then I have to deal with that environment. And then, you know, I'll say something like like I say on this show, right? I say I want to put Fauci in prison. I want them to be punished and tortured, whatever that I can say that here. But maybe I'll say it on a on a on a on a major market radio station. And my boss will say, Mike, do you have to say that? I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. OK, I hate that. So maybe Tucker hated that. And he just said a lot of things that most people in his position don't say on air. Right. Because they don't want their bosses to say, oh, that now the sponsor is going to bother me or this group's going to start picketing us and all that. We don't. Do we have to do that? Do we have to go there? And people like Tucker Carlson will say, yeah, it's my show. I'm going there. Right. And others will say, oh, sure, boss. Sure. No, we'll we'll stay away from that. We'll do something else. You know, I, Tucker probably wasn't that kind of person. And I'm not. So, yeah, to have one hundred thousand or three million viewers. Wonderful to make money. Great. But then to have to worry every fucking day about saying fucking or about saying, you know, you want the worst to happen to Fauci or you want this. or You want that or you believe in this or you believe this is about race or, you know, whatever it may be. And then called on the carpet for saying it is not something I'd ever want to deal with. I, I just don't, you know, and it's really hard. Like I said, my first boss in radio was the kind of guy who would back you up and you knew it. You knew you could speak your mind. You knew you could go to the edge and even over it. And he'd back you up if he got complaints. But that is so fucking rare. 
It's incredible. Most of these bosses are like, they got there by being fucking pussy, yellow bellied, you know, kiss asses to the people above them. Okay. And they can't, they don't want to deal with anything that makes their job difficult. Nothing, nothing. And if it makes their job difficult, they want to eliminate that. Right. So that is what you have to deal with now for the most part in in the in these in these corporate environments you know it's it's basically what you have to deal with you know and so what what you have to do is do what tucker did and be very popular for several years make a lot of money in a short period of time hopefully he did the right thing which i'm sure he did save his money invest his money because you know you're going to be fired eventually right and then tucker's in a position where he's so popular for so long so much money he could do his own thing He's in a good position. He can do his own thing. I'm going to play a video now because we're talking about Tucker that already in six hours has 10 million views. It now has over 10 million views in six hours. Now, understand Tucker's show got about 3 million average viewers a night. He put up a statement, a two minute statement on Twitter, and it's already has in six hours over 10 million views. So what this tells you is Twitter's audience is much bigger than Fox's, much wider than Fox's. Is something brewing? Some people have asked Elon Musk, is something going to happen? Would you do something with Tucker Carlson on Twitter? Could there be programming? Could there be, could there be a show on Twitter? He certainly would get the views. Elon certainly has the money. Who knows? But all I know is this two-minute video has already gotten uh, more than three times the viewers he would have on Fox on any given night. So that tells you something right there. You never know what's going to happen. But Tucker also has that very nice studio, which I guess is in his house, you know, which I'm guessing is his. I thought Fox may have put that up. And maybe coming to disassemble it, but maybe it's his, you know. So it's a very nice studio in his house. Let me let me cue this up. I'm sure, with over 10 million views now, 10.1 million views, everyone has heard it. But just in case, just in case you're not a Twitter person, just in case something's wrong with you and you're not a Twitter person, let me let me let me play this here. Okay, let's see if this will work. Cue this up. This is Tucker Carlson. For a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true and a bunch of hilarious people. Also, a lot of those. It's got to be the majority of the population even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. 
Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink, and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. Good evening. It's Tucker okay. Carlson. Sorry, there we go. Okay, so what does that say, really? Huh? Puts out two minutes. Doesn't talk about his firing. Doesn't talk about anything regarding the firing. But says. In the time where he hasn't been working the last couple of days, he's been looking stuff and talking about what happens on the cable news stations. And I see I'm reading the comments and I'm seeing comments. Remember, yesterday I mentioned that people who you know criticize Carlson but never watched any of his shows. Those that most people who criticize him never watched a full sixty minutes in seven years. I see comments from people. Who said, you know what, I never watched you or I didn't particularly like you. But th- what you just said over these two minutes makes 100% sense to me. So maybe now, think about this. With Twitter's wider audience, not just a Fox News audience, people who have never actually watched him before are now maybe going to watch maybe some videos he puts on. Fox which, on Twitter, which he never bothered to do before when he had the Fox show. And we'll say, hey, oh, my God, this guy's not all I heard about this guy. This guy's not as bad as I've heard. What a, there's not no horns on this guy. So think about how he can expand his audience on Twitter, on social media. Now, does that mean something's going to happen on Twitter or if he's just going to use it to widen his audience, and then do something else and bring all those people there. Think about that. He can bring the people who followed him, the 3 million who watched him on Fox all the time, and all the people now, the new people he picks up, doing maybe a little bit of stuff on Twitter and social media. I mean, he could have a mega, he could have a mega show, truly, of like 5 million, 10 million people watching more and be much more popular than he was on Fox. Now, people say, okay, who's going to pay him? Can the people pay him the way the Murdochs did? I don't think that's really on Tucker Carlson's mind at this point. I don't think he needs the money. So if you think about it from a point of view of someone who doesn't need the money but might want to widen his audience, even if it means much less money, he could do it. He could do it and he could build something into an empire, which he'd probably do much better than he did at Fox News money wise. So I think we have to watch this because I think that's what this video tells us. He's basically saying that here on Twitter, obviously he's doing the video on Twitter. You're more likely to be able to say what's on your mind than, let's say, on my previous gig, you know.
and not have the repercussions for saying what's on your mind, as I have been talking about here on this show, right? So I think this could work really in his favor, and this could actually mean something. And then he says, see you soon. So you have to believe this means that something's in the works, and he is looking forward. We're talking about looking forward, right? He's looking forward, not looking at the past, and looking forward to doing other things that are much greater than what he did at Fox. But the, the fact that he's getting responses from people that are like, you know, this is, makes perfect sense, even though I never, uh, I don't agree with you on a lot of things, or I, at least they don't think they do, but they didn't, never watched his show, so who knows. But this is very much what Tucker was also about on Fox. If these people had bothered to watch it all, this is what he was about. It wasn't your typical right-wing show like like a, a Sean Hannity, you know? So we'll see what happens, but I'm optimistic after watching this video. I'm very optimistic after watching this video that he is uh, has something planned, has something planned. And like I said, it's so quickly he has gotten over 10 million views that it really shows the power of social media, the power he would have possibly doing something, you know, on, uh, on Twitter. And so we'll see where it goes from that, but it might be better for Tucker to not have a boss very simply, as I've been talking about, not have a boss, be his own boss. Why does, why does someone like Tucker with the popularity he has and the money he has need a boss needs someone else writing a check. He doesn't actually need that. And there might have been a point, I don't know when it became, when it happened, where he realized that and said, you know what? I'm just going to say what I want, okay? And I'm going to do what I want. Um, and if I get fired, I get fired. You know, as Matthew Marsden, the great actor who's not a, liberal asshole <laughs> uh, says on, on, on uh, Twitter, bigger than Fox News and Elon Musk isn't going to kick him off the platform. Let the games begin. And that's exactly the truth. It's bigger than Fox and Elon Musk isn't going to kick him off the platform. So we really should stay tuned. We really should stay tuned. Um, something I, I touched on yesterday and I, I was loath to talk about it again because it's just, it's driving me crazy. It makes me very angry. Uh, everything makes me angry, you know, but this makes me particularly angry uh, is, is the, the ex-fire commissioner who was knocked over the head by this pipe-wielding nut job, this homeless person. And the person who was <laughs> hit him over the head and cracked his skull and put him in the hospital gave him a cracked skull, 51 stitches in a broken jaw, the charges has been, have been dropped. And they're actually thinking about, believe it or not, in this crazy fucked up city I live in, of charging the fire commissioner for supposedly macing him, even though the actual story is that he maced himself, right? Like, like, like I do here in San Francisco. People have to carry mace now. If it wasn't for the inept district attorney here, if it wasn't for the inept mayor here, if it wasn't for the inept people who run this city, in a real civilized society, one would not have to carry a weapon of self-defense. One would not have to carry 
a, a switchblade or a gun or a mace. But here in San Francisco and in most of our Democrat-run cities, you have to do that. We have to because the people who run this city are inept and they coddle the criminal and they prosecute the victim. So we have to carry mace. So this guy, this ex-fire commissioner, was carrying mace. And evidently he maced himself. He didn't even mace this uh, homeless, this uh, pipe-wielding homeless guy. But they had some kind of a disagreement going on. And um, I think disagreement was the, the ex-fire commissioner didn't want this guy hanging out outside his mother's place all the time, right? Which you can understand because uh, the guy obviously is a psychopath, right? And so they got to some kind of a thing, altercation. But the video, what we see on the video is this guy practicing his swings with his pipe and then hitting the guy over the head, and then the guy running away injured, and this pipe-wielding guy continuing to follow him, hitting him in the head, running after him as he runs away, trying to get away with this knife, with the pipe-wielding lunatic. And the district attorney in this city watches this and sees this as a case of self-defense for the pipe-wielding lunatic. So that's the city I live in. Look, this is a fucked up city run by fucked up people, elected by fucked up people. I can't put it in any, I guess what you could say, you know, fancier terms or nicer terms. That's what this city and most Democrat run cities have become. And to actually say that this is self-defense when the guy is running after him with the pipe continuing to bash his brains in is absolutely insane. You know what this is like? This would be like saying, do you remember? This is not funny, but it's so, it's so absurd. The city is so absurd. Do you remember the scene in uh, The Shining where Shelley Duvall is walking up the, the stairs, right? <laughs> and, 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 uh, and Jack Nicholson is obviously has gone crazy. He's totally crazy. He wants to kill her, wants to kill his son. And she's got the bat, right? And she's swinging it because he's coming after her. And you know, if he gets her, he's going to kill her. And she hits him once and knocks him down the stairs, knocks him out a little bit, right? Then puts him in that place where the food is. Uh, but that would be like saying that Jack Nicholson character was the victim there, a guy who's ready to strangle her. With his, with his hands. <laughs> but he's the victim. He's the victim. And this is so insane. This is so insane. I'm watching the video, and this guy is running away. He's trying to run away from this pipe-wielding lunatic. And the guy is chasing him, swinging it, hitting him in the fucking head. And that's self-defense. And like I said yesterday, these are the same liberals who are always talking about, well, oh, self-defense is okay, but it's got to be equal, man. It's got to be equal, right? If someone comes after you with their fist, you can't shoot them in the forehead, man. It's got to be equal. So even if this guy was maced, which he wasn't, or being maced, how does pipe in the fucking head equal self-defense to mace? How does pipe knocking someone in the skull and cracking their head with a pipe, how is that equal self-defense from mace? First of all, if the guy was maced, the point of mace 
is is to is is to freeze someone so they can't hurt you. If the guy was maced, he wouldn't be able to whack him in the head over and over again with the pipe and chase him down the street and continue to hit him directly on the head with the pipe if he couldn't fucking see. This is so ridiculous. I want the liberals to tell me that if someone comes after me with their fists, I can shoot them in the fucking head. All right? Let them say... Is, if they agree to that, if they agree that fit, the gun is equal to fists, then I'll agree that pipe in the head is equal to mace. But of course, it's not. And these liberals are always talking about, oh, it's got to be equal, man. Self-defense has got to be equal, man. I can't fucking stand these people. And once again, this is the city coddling the criminals, coddling the criminals. What, do, what does the mayor, London Breed, or the district attorney, Brooke Jenkins, think? What do they think? If I were, a, if I were let's say, if someone in my family or a friend of mine got knocked over the head tomorrow by this pipe-wielding guy because he's let out because they're dropping the charges – so if I know someone, my friends and my family, get knocked over the head with this guy, what, they, what would Brooke Jenkins or London Breed would think I hope happened to them? Would they think I have the right to have incredible hatred for them and wish the worst of them for letting someone who just knocks someone over the head with a pipe out of jail, drop the charges so he can do it again and maybe kill one of my friends or family members? I've said this before I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again today. There's going to be vigilante justice in this city and in all Democrat-run cities because when the people don't get the real justice that they deserve, the tax-paying citizens don't get the real justice they deserved from the law enforcement agencies, they will take matters into their own hands to protect themselves, their friends, and their loved ones. And that's what's going to happen. There's going to be vigilante justice. And the blood, any blood that shed from vigilante justice is on the hands of the mayor of this city, London Breed, and the district attorney, Brooke Jenkins. It's on their hands. And they deserve all the hatred they get from victims and family and, friend, and, and friends of victims a violent crime in this city. It's on their hands. Yet another thing that liberals will talk about, and my friend Mark Fabula on Twitter brought this up, is that how they scream and yell when a police officer hits a suspect with the baton. Don't they say that all the time, the liberals? Oh, did you have to do that? Did you have to use such force and hit them with your baton or tase them? Don't they always say that, these fucking liberals? Did you have to do that? Isn't that excessive force? So when the police do it, it's excessive force. But when a, a, a pipe-wielding, psychopathic, homeless person trash does it it's fine it's self-defense let them out once again vigilante justice is coming don't don't blame me when it happens okay don't blame the bearer of bad news don't blame the bearer of bad news blame the people in this city who have allowed this to happen 
blame them for everything because it's their fault. Don't blame the messenger. Isn't that what they say? Don't blame the messenger and don't. Blame the people who are responsible. Once again, I know this is a different world where people who are responsible pretend they're not. They pretend they wanted the opposite, that other people are responsible. But no, on this show, we're going to blame the people who are responsible. Brooke Jenkins, London Breed, the mayors of the cities, the district attorneys of these blue cities, they're responsible for the crime. They are. Not me, not you, not Donald Trump, not some fucking mysterious person. They are, okay? Just like... Randy Weingarten and Joe Biden and Gavin Newsom and Tony Fauci and Rochelle Walensky are responsible for the lockdowns, the masking, the mandatory vaccinations, the school closures. Okay, not me, not you, not Donald Trump, mostly. Not the not 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 the kids, not the parents. The people who are responsible are the people who are responsible. Period. We're going to live on this show. We're going to live in the real world. We're not going to live in the fantasy world. Okay. We're going to live in the real world where men are men and women are women. We're going to live in the real world where the trans stuff is a psychological disorder. This is the real world we're living in here. We're not living in their fucked up clown car world. That's not, not here. Not ever. At least you can find some little bit of reality in the 90 minutes or two hours we do here, Monday through Friday. This is your home for reality. The reality, the old reality check, the old reality check. Should I do some good news or should I do some more bad news? What do you like? The good news is it looks like Ron DeSantis is expected to announce his presidential bid as soon as mid-May. Now, who? We have the receipts. We have the receipts. Who said that this would happen in May or June? Who have been saying for months this would happen in May or June? Who? Me. Me. Thumbs up. Thumbs up for me. I have the receipts. Go back and listen to the shows. I knew that he would announce in May or June, probably May, after his legislative session was over. So now they say it's kind of becoming an official thing that he's going to announce as soon as mid-May, some urging him to announce on May 11th. Why? Why May 11th? Is there a reason why May is there is that a special day? I'm trying to see. Maybe I can find here. Some of us back. At, oh, in an effort to, and I can't see the rest of the story. Someone clipped it. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So May. some people want him to do it by May 11th. For some reason, that's a big day. That's a big day, May 11th. Um. And I think it's very possible. So it's going to happen by mid-May. It's going to happen. And then watch what happens. All hell is going to break loose with Trump and his people and, and the childishness and the nastiness and all that stuff. It's going to get even worse. There was some rumors, and I didn't believe them, and they probably weren't even true, but there were some rumors that Trump was going to try to interfere, that he was going to go to Florida and try to interfere with evidently Florida – had this silly rule where if you ran for a high office, you had to vacate the office you're in, right? So they called it, you have to resign if you run, which is stupid. I mean, it's it's incredibly dumb because it's not like these campaigns go for a week or a month. They go forever. So it's stupid to have to make someone resign if they're running 
when these campaigns go for, you know, 15 months or more. So luckily, they've gotten rid of that. The legislature there got rid of it. So DeSantis can run and remain governor the way it is in almost every state. Um, and there were some rumors that Trump was going to go down there and try to bully some of the uh, representatives who like him, who have endorsed him to not do this. So Ron DeSantis would have to resign or not run. It didn't happen. I didn't think it would happen. It didn't happen. The law has been rescinded. So DeSantis can run uh, and, and remain governor at the same time. If anyone can do both, right? If anyone can do the, as, as I've mentioned earlier in the show, chew the gum and walk at the same time, it's Ron DeSantis. He can be governor and also run for president at the same time. And that's exactly what's going to happen. But this is when things really start to get interesting. Once he makes the announcement official, it's going to get really, you know, when I say interesting, I mean nasty. And most of the nastiness will be coming from the Trump people who already, as Carol Markowitz wrote yesterday, are running a campaign as though they're Democrats. They're basically just taking Democrat attacks and using them on uh, on Trump. So and trying to, once again, rewrite history and gaslight and make it look like he's a terrible governor who's hated in Florida, even though the guy just won by a million and a half votes and is loved by everyone there. You know, it's yeah, he's tried to get it. Every commercial I see by this MAGA pack is the same fucking ad. It's, it's so boring. It's just the same ad repackaged. Is that all they have? Is it all they have is that DeSantis tried to get rid of Social Security? Is that all they have? Is that bullshit? Once again, the same bullshit line the Democrats use on Republicans all the time. It's all bullshit. Republicans have never tried to get rid of it. They used it on Trump, and he's using it on DeSantis now. It's just, but it's the same thing. If that's all they have, is that bullshit? Yeah, this guy, oh, he hates seniors and Social Security. That's why he won Florida, the oldest state in the nation, by 20 points. Because seniors think he tried to take their Social Security away. It's so stupid. It's so fucking ridiculous. But if that's all they have, they ain't got much, baby. And you know what? They ain't got much, baby. Because everything he's done is great. Everything he does, conservatives love. Everything he does, Floridians love. Everything he does, Republicans love. So they don't have anything. They don't. And they know it. And they're frightened of that. They're frightened of that. You know, we spoke about RFK. And as I led the show with, I'm very upset at the statement he made about not punishing the Fauci's uh, and uh and the uh, Weinstein's, Weingartens of the world, Weinstein's. Um, but uh, he is up to 19% now, and that's pretty amazing. He just went from 14 to 19. He went to 19% after he announced he was running. That's a, a good chunk against an incumbent president. 19% is, is really impressive really before any kind of campaign starts, which is why the Democrats don't want to allow debates because they know that 19% will only go up from there and Biden's, whatever it is, 60% will only go down. They know that. So the Democrats are protecting this geriatric Alzheimer's patient. That should tell you a lot about the Democratic Party. You know, if they're so sure that the nominee is going to be Trump, which of course they're not, but if they were so sure the way they pretend it's so sure, the nominee was going to be Trump, why would they care if it's RFK? I mean, they are sure Trump will be defeated by anybody, right? The polls say that. I mean, he's in the dumps with independence. No doubt RFK Jr. will do much better with independence than Donald Trump. 
And I have no doubt that RFK Jr. would beat Donald Trump. So what are the Democrats so afraid of? You wonder, what is the establishment protecting so much that they are that they are protecting? It's not like they're protecting, a, a, you know, a, a strong 45-year-old popular president. They're defending an 80-year-old feeble of uh, dementia-ridden guy who's down in the dumps in all polls, all polls across the board. That 70% of the people don't want him to run again. And they're protecting this guy from simply having uh, debates. So you wonder, what, what are they protecting? Why? why? Why are they protecting their establishment candidates so much? Why? Well, I have the answer. I'm asking myself the question that I know the answer to. And it's that Biden slash Kamala, because if Biden did win again, we know the president would be Kamala some point in that period between his 82nd year of life and his 86th year of life. They are puppets that could be controlled. And there's one thing we know about Kennedys is that they're not puppets that can be controlled. And look at what they've done in the past to Kennedys for that. But they don't even want to get to that point now. So they know that RFK could not be controlled. Biden can be controlled. Kamala can be controlled. So they don't want RFK Jr. anywhere near that White House. They want people there who they can control. And uh, that's what it comes down to. I think Tulsi Gabbard said something about that the other day, where they want Biden to win. He's the incumbent. He'll win. At, one, at some point in the four years, probably sooner rather than later, he'll be out. Kamala will be in. And then she can be their puppet and she can run for reelection, something that Biden couldn't do. She could run for reelection in 2028 and they'll have a puppet once again. So that's what they're doing. They're protecting their puppet. They don't want someone who's not a puppet. And once again, I disagree with the part of RFK's statement today. It disappointed me about him not wanting any kind of punishment for these people. And I hope he changes that. But the fact of the matter is they are scared of him because he is not a puppet like Biden is. He is not a puppet like Kamala Harris is. So this is why they don't want him to debate. This is why they're going to protect him. That's why they're going to do exactly what they did in 2020 and keep him in the old proverbial, actually literal, not even proverbial, literal basement the entire time. That's what they're going to do. That's their that's their blueprint for winning and keeping their puppet in office, keeping their puppet in office. Nineteen percent is that scares them. That really does. That's crazy. And what's interesting is when they've done these debates in the past, they've always said, well, you have to get at least usually it's like at the beginning, it's like three percent, five percent in order to be on the debate stage. Even at the end, it might be 10, 15 percent. This guy's already almost at 20 percent, yet they won't have any debates. Once again, they want to protect their puppet. That's the point. That's what Democrats are always about. They want that puppet. And they have said we can rig the primary to get our puppet. We can rig the primary for Hillary or, or Biden because we can put in whoever we want. We can put in whoever we want. I'll, I'll leave on this note. Speaking of the election, only 12% of independents view MAGA positively. 12%. Trump simply can't win a general elections. Okay? Understand that. 
just 24% of Americans overall, 24% have a positive view of the Make America Great America movement. And we know that the Make America Great Again MAGA movement is Donald Trump, period. So I don't want to hear any of this. Well, they don't like the movement, but they like Trump. Stop it. Trump is the movement. So when you're doing so poorly overall and that poorly with independence, there's no chance he can't win a general election. He's not going to win the swing states. He's not going to win Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin. He's not going to win those. So he loses the election. Okay, just like it doesn't matter that Biden wins New York or California. It doesn't matter that Trump's going to win Missouri and Wyoming. He can't win the swing states with those numbers among independents and the American population in general. He can't. He can't win. Look, the best possible scenario is Ron DeSantis is the nominee. I think Ron DeSantis really beats any Democrat, okay? I think Donald Trump loses to any Democrat, and Ron DeSantis beats any Democrat. That's the way I feel about it. And the numbers seem to be pushing us in that direction as well. It's not just my intuition. That's just because I like DeSantis. The numbers show that. The numbers back it up. So, But there'll be more, like I say, so maybe two weeks away, two weeks away from DeSantis announcing. That'll be really exciting. We may have a party with champagne when that happens. Uh, okay, is there anything else? I think we're good for the day. I think we're good. There's a lot, a lot of stories out there, and I'll, I'll put them together for tomorrow. There's so much more going on, even though I've talked about a lot. There's even more going on, and there's a lot, lot more to, to get to, and I'll, and I'll do that uh, tomorrow and on Friday. All right? So the name of this show is And Let's Be Heard, and it airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern Time, which means I'll be right back here tomorrow night. Okay. But until then, this is Micah Chopley reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.